Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, we're off the edge. It's episode four. I'm Jake Ellibogan. He is Cameron Lynch. You're coming to us a week before the NFL draft on a Thursday. And, uh, man, the NFL draft is like Christmas for me. I think you know how much it matters to me, Cam, but uh, yeah. it, it's it, it's a big deal, you know, and, yeah. and especially – you know, when you, you see these teams that are trying to get out of this this constant motion of being irrelevant, essentially. So it's their opportunity to kind of push out of the uh, the darkness, if you will, the dark age Level and try up. to find a try to find a gold age, you know. So. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, how you doing, my guy? Man, I'm hyped about Q's, man. We got some we got some guys in the draft this some year. Dogs. So <laughs> some dogs. And then I know you did a lot of work on them, too. So I'm excited to talk about them and, uh, you know, see where this goes. Absolutely. Before we get into that, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, review wherever you get this show. And uh, we're going to dive into betonline.ag ad read here. So uh, they're your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we continue. We covered for all your sports wagering needs, basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC, and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games. You can play right from your home, head to the website today, or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. So cam, we start always with the burning question, and this is going to be completely different than what we normally do because it's going to be a long burning question. Okay. So both of us here, who are your top three sleeper prospects at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver? Because right now the NFL draft is hot. So we're going to go through. We'll, we'll go through each one. It's going to be more probably the most organized burning question of all time. Uh, <laughs> probably. So let's start with quarterbacks. Uh, if you want to just let them rip, you know, throw out your, your three or go one by one up to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out mine, Jake, and then I'll get your thoughts on it. Then we can chop it up and we'll just go one by one. Go, we'll go Sounds through six good. guys, six guys and see how, see how it happens. But my first guy, my first guy that I got up right now for, for my sleeper is, is Clayton tomb from, from Houston. Um, one thing I know about Mr. Toom is he has that C on his jersey, that captain, Jake. And I know we always talk about it. You can call me Kathy Cam at this point because I love a good, good captain. But, you know, when it comes to Mr. Toom, I, I saw his his uh, his measurables at the draft, and those things were looking, looking kind of nice, my guy. It was looking kind of nice. He had a great vert, uh, a great 40. He could run the football. And – I like I like what I see there with Mr. Toon. So that's my sleeper there. Um, and he's a great receiver to throw the ball to. And he's going to be my other sleeper when we get to the wide receivers here. But Toon, Toon is my sleeper when it comes to the draft. Um, you know, I, he threw for 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. So, you know, big guy, 6'3", 220. You can't beat that. You know, he's going to be healthy. He's going to be in the pocket. He knows how to evade the, pa the, the pass rush. And I know, too, he tied for third in, in passing touchdowns. So, you know, Case Keenum came out of Houston, so he set the precedent for quarterbacks at Houston. Those guys know how to throw that football. 
like and he's big and big and physical. So he's gonna like I said, he's gonna be able to take some of those hits and stay healthy. Um, he he's my guy, Clayton Toon coming out of Houston. Hey, uh, he's somebody that is interesting. Um, first off, I've known him for a while, not not personally, uh, but as you know, I'm a Kansas Jayhawk fan, and uh, he originally committed to Kansas and like transferred, so um, or, or decommitted one of those. But yeah, so so Clayton Tune, um, you know, got a chance to to really dive into the film this year. I had about a fifth round grade on him. He's somebody that I think his decision-making gets him into trouble. He needs to learn how to play, uh, live to play another down. Um, I do like his pocket presence, though. I like his quick release. I think, you know, his mobility is something that, you know, teams will look for. Um, he doesn't have the the best deep ball accuracy, uh, but he, he's he got a decent deep ball, and he had to because he had, you know, who there, Tank Dell. Um, yeah, Tank. <laughs> You know, but he's a solid passer in the short and intermediate game. And he's, you know, in my opinion, a day three quarterback that, yeah, he can be a sleeper because, you know, this is somebody, if he goes to the right system, uh, right coaching staff, you know, they can get the most out of him, develop him. Yep. Yep. I like Clayton tune and I'm gonna go back to that, that vertical. I found the vertical number. Every man had a 37.5 inch vertical Jake. So we're talking about the running quarterback. We talked about it last week, you know, quarterbacks being able to evade these defensive ends. And Toon can get that done. And you, you see when he has an, uh, a dynamic receiver, he can get the ball to the receiver. Uh, his pocket presence is great. So I like him. I like Toon. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what he does this year. Um, my next guy, Jake, Max Duggan. I always want to say Max Dugan, right? He looks like a Dugan. <laughs> but <laughs> Max Duggan, I, I know he gets the Taysom Hill comparison. Uh, he has nothing but heart, nothing but dog in him. I know he was a Gatorade Player of the Year um, in high school. And, and one thing we, we talked about being a dog and having heart, um, I know he had some heart issues, I think, around 2020. And I did see during some of the playoff games, uh, the TCU fan base would do the would do like the skeleton, like the X-ray and then like have like the dog where the heart is. And they put for Max, they put the frog where the heart where the heart was. So I thought that was cool. But he's a fighter. I know when they played Kansas State in the in the playoff games, he brought them back uh, at the end of the game. And just to see his will, I know he was hurt. Um, and he he can pretty much fight through anything. So to see to see the way he plays, the fact that he gets the Taysom Hill comparison, that that says it all right there, Jake. I mean, Taysom Hill, he has my utmost respect. I think I told you about my experiences coming across Taysom Hill on the Believe in Rams podcast. Taysom Hill can do it all. He can block punts, return punts, throw the football, run the football. He can do it all. And I do think Max Max Duggan can be similar in that way. I always want to call him Dugan, but it's Duggan. And I do think he he can be a, a, a great sleeper here in this draft. Yeah, so I actually, um, I compared him to Taysom Hill. Uh, yeah. You know, I think he's somebody, I would never rule him out becoming a starter. Um, but I think right now he is a developmental day three with a gigantic name. Um, you know, a guy that I kind of thought back in the day, Tim Tebow. But Tebow mm -hmm. went in the first round and kind of shocked everybody because I don't think many expected that. Um, you know, looking at him, a true college quarterback, you can look at that as bad or good, uh, depending. You know, I think the accuracy was all over the place. Um, I don't think he's got great arm strength, but I think that mobility, you know, sub package guy, the toughness. Uh, he's going to be our RPO dependent, though, at the next level. So if a team really wants to utilize him, um, they're going to have to utilize the RPO uh, ability of his game because that, to me, 
that is what I want to see out of him. I think the the biggest thing for him, though, pocket presence and mechanics, if he can work on those things, um, you know, stay more comfortable in the pocket, not be as erratic, uh, then I'm curious to see what he'll do with uh, good NFL coaching. Yeah, and I mean, he was also in the Heisman, you know, conversation as well. So you you can't you can't overlook that, Jake. I think, you know, when you think about Hinton Hooker, I know he was in the run for or before he got hurt. Uh, for that Heisman, that Heisman race. So that's why I think he will go in the first round. I know you don't, you didn't buy with it the other day, but I think he'll go. Um, but whenever you're thought of as being a Heisman candidate, you got to look at that like, hey, this this guy's a baller. I mean, he like I said, Gatorade Player of the Year in high school, and then possible Heisman candidate. So that means when he goes to that next level, he's going to win football games. So. I, I like to see him on a great football team with with a great coach that can use his skills. And like, like when Taysom Hill went to the Saints, you had someone that Sean Payton that can really utilize everything that he brought to the game. And I think Duggan can do the same thing as well. So that's that's my next guy. My third guy. Dorian Thompson Robinson. I feel like the guy I feel like my man has a couple has two first names there, but <laughs> two last names, it looks like. But with Dorian, um, I mean, he all-time UCLA leader with over 12,000 yards, um, 6'2", ran a 4'5", uh, went to Bishop Bishop Gorman uh, High School out in Vegas. Like, you know, when I look at it now, when I see guys going to prestigious high schools, I think that's 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 big. When I see them going to prestigious colleges, colleges that's big as well. Uh, if I'm looking at the NFL wins, because when they get to the NFL, the stage won't be too big for them, right? They, he's seen that big stage at a young age, so – the fact that he's a leader in, in at UCLA and, and breaking all the records there, he's gonna go. He's gonna go to the NFL and break more records, Jake. So I think that's that's a big deal. Um, I know he was six in the FBS uh, in completion percentage, and you know, coaches want to know, hey, can you protect the football? You know, can you make sure that my guys are catching the football, converting, and scoring touchdowns? So I like I like Dorian as the other sleeper. Um, to be honest, he might my, he might be my number one sleeper out of all of them. Uh, I went in the reverse order there. So I, I like Dorian as my uh, as my sleeper. And I know he's super creative. Um, he can run. He can pass. He can do it all. Jake, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. So this is somebody I look as a, a late round uh, quarterback with some serious upside, because the thing about DTR uh, that, you know, he, he might be RPO dependent. You know, he might not have the best arm strength in the world, although I think it's pretty solid. Um, he might not have the best pocket presence, but when I, I look at DTR, something that I wasn't expecting, it was watching the tape each year of his career. It's just jump after jump after jump. Um, very intelligent, just seems to be developing and getting better each year. And, you know, he's exactly what you want to see out of a fifth year senior. Um, it, it shows up on film, making better decisions. Even the previous year, 2021 tape, you're not seeing the same decisions he's making in 2022. And that's a good thing because there are a lot of prospects in this draft that for whatever reason, 2022 hit and it was like night and day. 2021 was great. Their first rounder, you know, on tape, regardless of position. And then 2022, I don't know what happened. That's not <laughs> the case with Dorian Thompson Robinson, who I have as a, a late, you know, sixth, seventh round pick. Um, I think he's very coachable. Uh, you know, he's somebody that I think the UCLA players looked up to as a, you know, a true leader of the team. And uh, oftentimes we'll see with a running back who's a you know a running back quarterback who's a true athlete and can run. You know, they get pigeonholed wide receiver running back. I think he could be a quarterback cam. I think he can be 
you know, probably a backup quarterback with some upside. Um, you know, I kind of liken him a little bit to, to Bryce Perkins, what he went through transferring to Virginia, really put Virginia on the map. Um, and then, you know, he ended up being a backup for the Rams kind of elemental guy. I kind of liken him to that where I think if, if they continue, you know, he goes to the right place, continues to be developed, uh, then maybe he gets an opportunity to start, you know, he's a spot starter. Um, but yeah, I think he he's, you know, those three guys are certainly good picks. I also got to say with this class, if anybody gives you crap in the comment section, there's not a lot of quarterbacks to choose from because we have about four or five guys who are constantly talked about in the media. So how can we choose any of those guys? So then yeah. you're really like slim pickings at that point. So um, sleepers, that's why they call sleepers. Day. This is the sleep exactly. the section right here. <laughs> exactly. So uh, my sleeper. Okay. He is my, uh, sixth overall or sorry, fifth overall quarterback in the draft. I got a BYU quarterback before you run to the Hills because Zach Wilson scared you off. I'm going to <laughs> say this. Do not scout the helmet scout, the player mm. period. Mm -hmm. End yeah. of story, different player. Although Zach Wilson was the first round talent. So I don't know why it's even bad if he looks like Zach Wilson, but anyway, uh, the pocket presence is there. You know, I think, the issue with, with Jaron Hall is a little too patient in the pocket. Um, but when I look at this guy, I don't know why he's not getting more uh, respect if you know, or whatever. Um, his athleticism is awesome. He can hurt you on the ground. But what I really love watching about Jaron Hall is how he's going to use his mobility to set up a pass. He wants mm -hmm. to throw the ball. You know, he's not a running quarterback per se. He's what I would call a dual threat, a guy that mm -hmm. can hurt you with the legs, hurt you with the you know the arm and uh you know i think he he's really good with his feet set um which is something that i'm starting to notice the these running quarterbacks these mobile quarterbacks lamar jackson's where i first noticed it you have these quarterbacks that if they could throw on the run with accuracy they'd be unbelievably dominant no one would be able to stop them but like the common misconception is that lamar was more of a pocket passer you know, in the body of a running quarterback, you know? So mm. like that was his mentality. Like he throws better when his feet are set with Jaron Hall, his feet need to be set. Um, to me, seeing a guy that prefers to throw it more than run it and have that athleticism. That's a good thing. I think he could be a real franchise quarterback at the next level. Cam, um, I have a mm. second round grade on him. He might need to sit a year, but even if he had to start, I think he could do it. My only concern like about him starting He's making half field reads, not really going through the full progressions yet. Um, that's something I think one year, you know, in a system, either backing up or just training camp, mini camp, whatever, having a chance to really go over that in the film room, he'll get that down. Um, but that's really the only thing right now. I feel like his floor is higher than being, you know, given credit for right now. Yeah, I, I like Jaron Hall, Jake. I like him. Um, even wearing that number three, just the the way he moves, I'm like, oh, that looks the way he moves looks a little familiar. The way he runs that football. I know he he had that that C on his shirt, the captain. I think that's always big. So you talk about that second round grade, yeah, you, you jump into the character, right? I think a lot of times when you get high in the rounds, it's like, hey, what guy am I gonna take? This guy or that guy? I'm gonna take a guy that has better character. I know you talked about uh the Rams <laughs> following. Falling a uh, victim to the character piece, but oh, I the four know, pillars. 
the, the four <laughs> pillars, but I think it's it's extremely important when you get to the NFL. I know we talked about some other athletes who won't last long in the NFL because of their character. Um, and so I, I love to see that always. He is a running threat, which is great. He's the captain of his squad, which is great. And the way he moves, the way he takes hits, Jake's, like I said, it reminds me of somebody. It gives me a little Russell Wilson-esque, the way he escapes the pocket and the way he moves around. So I really like Jaron Hall. I do I do look at, look at him as a sleeper as well. You have him going in the second round. So um, I, I hope it's not before Hendon Hooker, but uh, <laughs> I, I do see him going in the second, the second round as well. I really like him, and and I do think he'll find some success in the league. I know he's a little bit a little bit shorter, but so was the Drew Brees. So are, you know, so was the Russell Wilson. So are a lot of the quarterbacks in the league now. So, so my comparison to him was a combination of Oklahoma Jalen Hurts, not Jalen Hurts right now in the NFL. That's not fair, but Oklahoma Jalen Hurts and Wisconsin Russell Wilson. There you go. So, there you go. I, I I see it. I see it. And they're both wearing that three. So I'm like. Yeah, come on. I like it. Give him, give him the comp. Give him the, the comparison there. So my next guy uh, flat out destroyed the Senior Bowl. Now, he kind of reminds me of somebody I saw really play well in the Senior Bowl when I was out there in Mobile. Um, he reminds me of Kyle Lalletta, uh, who came out of Richmond. And now I understand people look, you know, Lalletta wasn't the most successful quarterback in the NFL. Not like he's the least successful, but he, he, it's not a starter right now. Right. So immediately when you compare guys to guys that aren't starters, you know, people, whatever, he's not just that though. I also see some John Wolford do his game. I see some Taylor Heineke, um, Jake Hayner out of Fresno state to me. When, when I look at his game, he is a third round pick that is a potential starter at the next level. He's a solid quarterback at virtually everything on the field. Um, he doesn't have the most uh, velocity, you know, behind his the football that he throws. Um, you know, it's good enough to fit into a tight window in college. I don't know if that translates to the NFL. I don't. Personally, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, everyone's comparing him to Brock Purdy. They're saying this guy's the Brock Purdy of this uh, draft class. Um, you know, I think the thing that really stands out to me with Hayner is his ability to take hit after hit. This guy's tough as nails. You're watching him get decked and he comes up and he, you know, the next play, he fires it just in a three guys in coverage fits in between all three touchdown, you know, things like that. He's going to fit a West coast style offense. He's got some good mobility. Um, I think the short and intermediate game is where you want this guy, you know, living in. I don't want him necessarily going deep down the field because, you know, for people that, you know, remember, uh, you know, John Wolford when he had to, to you know, start this past year or even, you know, the years prior, <laughs> he doesn't have the, um, you know, the, the arm strength you look for in the NFL, it's not bad. Yeah. And if he's playing in the AAF, like he did, and he was great with the Arizona hot shots, which got him the NFL gig, you know, it, it's good enough for the spring leagues, but in the NFL, you got these corners that can jump those, uh, you know, those plays and whatnot. Um, I'd like a little bit more arm strength for sure. I think he's an NFL spot starter arm strength, which isn't bad. I think he's a number two this year and he has a chance to be like a Taylor Heineke down the road. That's that's not a bad comparison, Jake. Anything Taylor Heineke, anything Brock Purdy, I think underdog. I think someone who rises above expectation. Um, I just believe that, you know, for, for one, Taylor, I played against Taylor Heineke in high school, man through for four touchdowns, X amount of 100 yards against us. So 
Taylor Heineke's a beast. We we all know that. And even Brock Purdy, we talked about him on the other last up ep- the two episodes ago. Just what he brings to the table, Jake Brock Purdy as a seventh round pick. I mean, Mister Irrelevant. And so to get those comparisons, those comps, that you know you can't sleep on guys like this. And the fact that he got the Senior Bowl MVP, like that's where you make your money, Jake. I I played in the NFL PA Bowl, and so I did my best to a uh, show out in front of these scouts, and I'm six foot tall linebacker so i had to do everything that i could so the fact that he won senior bowl mvp with the best of the best with you you said you've been to a lot of senior bowls right so you're sitting next to oh (laughs) there you go you've been a couple yeah you've been to three of them so yeah you know you're seeing owners you're seeing gms you're seeing everyone from the nfl at this spot and the fact that when the lights are on you are ready to go and i think that can't you that can't be overlooked jake so I, I love that sleeper pick. Um, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And one thing I did that I did see on, on the tape, you know, um, I, I am looking at some of the information on him and some of the write-ups. They talk about his feet being slow or his, his the ball not getting out of his his hand quick. And I, I'm like, hold on, I'm seeing those feet feet get set really quick. I mean, it might just be his highlight tape or some of the things that I'm watching, but it seems like he gets those feet in the ground really quick. His three step drop is is really sharp, and he gets the ball out of his hand. So. And I think you mentioned this, right, uh, or some of the some of the write up. But if you get someone to rush him and to to mess his feet up, either to speed him up or to, to do something that he doesn't want him to do, he might be in trouble. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, I, I like him, too. And, you know, I was happy for him to have the the senior bowl he did. And and I think Jared Hall, the guy that I, I talked about before, didn't really have the senior bowl I was expecting. But that's not the end all be all, because for every Carson Wentz that has made himself money at the senior bowl, for every DJ Chark that, you know, showed up and was outstanding in the senior bowl game or, you know, whatever. You have other guys that were bigger names and didn't do anything. And then they go in the NFL and they do something. So uh, yeah. it is just one week. Keep in mind the senior bowl is important, but you can have a bad week. You know, yeah. I mean, one would argue, you know, Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, he gets there. He takes the red eye whole big thing. I think he was taking care of like his mom or something. So he gets there late. And there's all the sorts of reports like, oh, Baker doesn't care. He gets the senior bowl late. He takes a jet. And it's like, you know, we, we don't really know what guys are going through that week. I remember, I remember Colin Saunders, Super Bowl champion Colin Saunders, who I actually had the pleasure of interviewing multiple times. Uh, you know, he was with the Kansas State Chiefs, just got paid with the Saints. Colin Saunders had a kid. And during the Senior Bowl week, I don't know if you remember this, but he wasn't going to leave Mobile. He's like, no, because I got to I got to make it. I got to make it in the NFL so I could take care of the kid down the road. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've seen that. We don't know how the week's going to go. Um, but one thing I do know is when I turn on the tape for this guy, <laughs> Aiden yeah. O'Connell is a missile for an arm. Uh, yeah. I mean, the dude, it just throws absolute darts and, um, you know, he's coming out of Purdue. Uh, I, my comparison, cause I don't have comps. If I don't feel it, I, I don't throw one out there, but I swear to God, it's like watching Jared Goff. Um, you know, you see the arm talent, you see, obviously I know golf was the number one overall pick in 2016, and that's a lot of pressure put on O'Connell, but just look at it in terms of this, the play style, he's not Jared Goff, but he has similar play style, you know, can hit that quick slant. He's got good placement, um, very accurate in the short and intermediate game. I'd say golf was a better deep ball thrower of the football, uh, but they both had that, you know, the way he moves, even 
you know, kind of surveying the field. It's almost Goffian, uh, you know, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> he's got some big time throws he made in crunch time that shows up on tape. And, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's a pure pocket passer who's got a quick release and he's got some serious zip on his pass. I think O'Connell at the end of the day is a backup quarterback who you take in the fourth or fifth round and you marvel at his ability to be coached up to develop. And then eventually I think he could start someday. Yeah. I like that. I like the, the comparison there. You just think about his stature, just the way he sits in the pocket. He's tall, lanky. I wrote down in my notes, he's just savvy, right? Like you see some of the times his, his play action passes where it's like, Oh, is he giving it off? Does he, does he keep it? You know, is he keeping it? And so, I like the way that he moves about his, with his game, how he moves with his game. And I do think he's going to cause defenses some trouble, right? I can just see him window dressing, and you think he's going one way, but he's going the other way. I can see a lot of, you know, uh, you mentioned Jared Goff, a lot of no-look passes where, you know, I've been in practice with Jared Goff, and he's looking this way, he's throwing that way. So I see that in O'Connell as well. Um, and, and you mentioned being him being a pocket passer. I see that as well. Uh, he's not going to really run and take off like the other folks that we just mentioned. Uh, but he, he's your pocket passer. As long as he gets the ball out of his, hand, out of his hands, um, I think he'll be great. And one thing I do that I do like about him as well is he he throws his receivers open, right? He holds on to that he, ball for he does. a little bit, but he'll he'll find that window where if his, receiver is, if his receiver is in tight coverage and he'll hit that spot right on the edge where the defender can't get it. So he makes NFL throws. When I saw him, I was like, oh, this guy's a pro just the way, like I said, he moves about the game. It seems like he plays from neck up where everything is just, he's just really mental, really cerebral. And I can see him doing well in the NFL. Like you said, once he gets the coaching and once he gets maybe even stronger, maybe get a little bit faster to be able to take some of those hits. But I, I really like him as well. I'm with you. And, and, you know, I think w one thing that he has that I always admire is the ability to, you know, stare down the barrel of a shotgun. And what I mean by that is when you know you're about to get hit, whether it's Cameron Lynch coming up the middle on a, you <laughs> yeah. know, inside linebacker blitz or whoever, you're still going to release that ball. You're going to wait, like you said, a second a little bit late, right? But mm -hmm. it's the second that matters that allows your receiver to get open in a position where now, instead of being a gamble of a throw, now I know my receiver is going to catch it and I'm going to use the ability. I'm going to basically layer it over the linebacker. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my wide receiver in the best position to succeed um, where he doesn't have to turn around. The ball's just right on him. And yeah. you know, the guy can just make the catch like he's Willie Mays or something. You know what I mean? There so, you, you know, that that's what it's all about at the end of the day. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. Um, I think he's going to do great. And I love I love the comparison for him as well. Um, so, yeah, Jake, let's uh, let's move on to the running back, shall we? Absolutely. Yes, sir. So, of course, for my running back, I got the shirt on. So, you know, I got to talk about my sleeper uh, being number one. But Sean Tucker coming out of Syracuse, uh, Mr. Amazing. Um, I mean, my man broke broke Syracuse's rushing record with one thousand and four hundred and ninety six yards. And mind you, though. Having a running back come to Syracuse and break the rushing record is insane because you got your Floyd Littles, you got your Ernie Davises, you got Hall of Fame running backs, legendary running backs that he is now um, in the rappers with. So Sean Tucker is my guy. Um, you know, just watching his tape, I, of course, looking through some of the running backs and kind of figuring out, hey, who's my sleeper? 
one thing I do know, turn it on the tape, you'll see Sean Tucker sprinting down the field and the fans going crazy, right? He has that home run ability. He has the excitement factor that some of the other running, other running backs just don't really have. And so that's what my one takeaway from Sean Tucker is he has that home run ability. And my man is built like a tank. I mean, he's built like a tank, built like a linebacker, just the way he, you know, his his stature. I know he's only 5'9", a little bit shorter guy, but he, he's strong. Um, his yak, it can definitely be um, improved, but it is it was excellent in college. One thing I do know, I do know as well, is he can catch the football, my man. You will see in his game tape, you know, Syracuse using him in screen, tunnel screens, him breaking for touchdown. So he is my sleeper. Uh, and I'm, I'm a little biased because he went to Syracuse, but, you know, truly I do believe that he's going to go to the NFL and he's going to crush it. And I have, I've heard, I have down here too, that he was the 55 meter dash champion, the indoor champ, two time state champ in college. So like I said, he has that home run ability and that breakaway speed. So Sean Tucker, my number one running back uh, for the sleeper sleeper uh, project. So. I think with, with Sean Tucker, he's going to start out um, being a, a number two or a number three. Uh, I have him as a fourth round running back. I think when you, you look at what you like, what you want in a starting running back, he's lacking <clears throat> something that's very important, which is his ability to help in pass pro. He's not really going to offer much in that category. Um, but I think he's somebody, if you need like that energizer bunny, if you need that, that big play threat, if you need that receiving threat, um, I do have a little bit of concerns about his hands. He has some inconsistent hands. He has some concentration drops, but when I watch Sean Tucker, he's somebody that I think is going to be, uh, better with time. He might not be amazing right off the rip. Uh, I compared him to Tatum Bell. I don't know if you remember him, but, um, you know, he's got that speed that I, I saw with Tatum Bell. Uh, and, you know, I think to me, until he gets better in pass pro, he's not going to be a three down back. But we've seen guys can make a living without being a three down back in this league and even be household names. Like, think about Tony Pollard, you know, he's basically sharing time with Ezekiel Elliott up until this year uh, where they finally move on from Elliott. But um, Tony Pollard is a household name. He's one of the best running backs in the league and he's not even playing all three downs. So, um, you you know, I think as long as he gets more consistent on the snap to snap basis, I, you know, I think he could be something, you know, really good in this league. And this is a really good class of running backs. So it was hard for me. Um, he fell, you know, probably in the middle for me. Like I, I watched 32 running backs. He fell around like the 16, 18, uh, you know, category. So I'm not as high on him as you are, but you know, I respect him. I respect his game. I respect that you like him. Of course. Um, you know, I, I have other, you know, I have other guys that have higher grades, but, uh, I think Sean Tucker's interesting. And if he goes to the right system, um, it'll be very fascinating to see how he's utilized because, like I said, there are some things to his game that, you know, he struggles with, but you can't teach speed. <laughs> can't speed kills, man. You can't teach speed. And then when you're that strong and that fast, like, Hey, it's a win-win. And you, you talked about not being great on third down. I do believe that, you know, when it comes to protecting your quarterback, you got to be able to pass a pass block, like pass pro is extremely important. We talk about the health and safety of the quarterback. And we talked about this with say Barkley. We have someone that know that we know that can protect the quarterback on third down as a passing down. People who don't really know third down is passing down. And so when you have your running back in on third down, you're going to expect him to either pass block first, chip protect, and then go out for a little swing route or, or something like that in one-on-one. So 
Sean Tucker for him, like you said, to start or to, to even step on that football field, he has to figure out how to protect that quarterback. So what I say in the offseason, if he's hearing that right now, hey, make sure you hey, – in the offseason, make sure you have a couple people blitz you and block, block them like your life depended on it, right? And so when you get to training camp, you're able to display your skill and figure out like, hey, I'm that guy. So Sean Tucker, um, he's my number one. My next one. There's a lot of there's a lot of tanks in this draft, Jake. There's a lot of guys with the name of Tank. Um, this one is uh, Tank Big uh, Bigsby from Auburn. He's you know ran a four or five, six feet, uh, six feet tall. Anytime you got a six feet, uh, a six foot running back, it's a problem, Jake. You know, tackling a guy that that big is tough. Um, it's not a Derrick Henry. He's not six five, right? Uh, an anomaly, but. Um, a six foot running back, it's always going to be tough. Um, ran a decent 40, ran a four or five, which is okay. Um, one thing I do like about him is he knows how to get north and south. He's not afraid to get north and south. And I think a lot of times when when coaches coach up, coach up running backs, they say, hey, stop that dancing and make sure that you get north and south. So that's one thing he does really well. Um, I know a concern is his hips. Um, he's not as elusive as we want him to be. Um, you know, the wiggle is not always there, but he does get north and south, south really well. And another thing, too, I know he's not great on third down. So Sean Tucker and Tank gonna have to work on their third down <laughs> pass pro because, um, you know, a lot of people are taking note of it. A lot of people are taking note of it. And this is a passing league. And so to be able to survive as a running back, you're going to have to be able to catch the football well and protect the quarterback in the pass game. So that those are my thoughts on Tank. Um, it was cool to see see his see his film um, and watch him tear it up. I know he was what co SEC freshman of the year, so he has some juice to him. He has some juice to him, uh, and I'm curious to see what he's going to do in the NFL. What are your, what are your thoughts on on Big Tank? See, I like Tank. I had him as a late third, early fourth uh, round grade. I think he's somebody is a pure one cut back at the next level. Um, like you said, he's going to have to work on his pass protecting ability and I, his hands as well. Very consistent. Uh, my biggest issue with him, six fumbles in three years. You know, I, I don't Ooh. like, you know, averaging two fumbles a year like that. Uh, that's something that worries me a little bit. Um, he's more powerful. Like he, he's not necessarily a guy that's going to, uh, truck you, so to speak, the truck stick, like everybody talks about. Yeah. Um, but he's a bowling ball, like kind of, you know, he runs a little bit, not he's not quite like you know Zach Stacy, um, but back when you know the the Rams drafted him out of um, you know Vanderbilt, he kind of reminds me of that bowling ball, you know maybe like a, a CJ Anderson a little mm -hmm. bit, like not quite, um, but you know he's got solid hands. It's just I I want to see more consistency with those, you know, because again snap to snap consistency. Um, but I, I like him one cut runner and uh you know i think he's got good contact balance and has the ability to fall forward and pick up that first down if need be yep there you go that's it following forward and you want your running backs to be following forward i think a goal for defenses is to make sure that they're going the other way right uh our coaches always <laughs> used to tell us as a defensive guy is make sure that that running back is his they call it ass to sideline make sure his ass is facing the sideline <laughs> or facing the other direction because therefore he's not gaining any positive yards so um, that's that's spot on there with uh, with big tank. Um, and then my next one, we got another, you know, bigger running back a, a bit. Um, this guy, you know, we talk about comparisons. He's been compared to your know, Melvin Gordon. I don't know if he's as fast as your Melvin Gordon, but Zach Evans um, out of Ole Miss. I love the way he finds the edge, Jake. I knew one thing when you cut on his tape, 
he is getting to the edge of defenses. And I, as you know, Drake, I've uh, on our Believe in Ram podcast, I've beat this into the ground. But defenses have to have an anchor, have to have an anchor. And if you don't have an anchor, people are going to get on your edge, right? It's a soft edge. That means guys like like Zach are going to find it. And so one thing one thing I do know about football is it is it's a game of angles and he finds great angles on defenses and so you'll see him you'll see him starting to starting to run in the middle of the field and then him bouncing it outside because the receivers get great blocks and then he's on the edge and then he's running to the house so I, I like his ability there um he went to North Shore High School in Houston and you know Texas is a is a is football is king out there so he won back-to-back state titles out there so he he's won he won early um I think that's big um I want to stay a state championship in high school as well. And I still talk about it to this day. So um, he's going to have some juice to him and going to Ole Miss and playing in the SEC. He's gotten hit, Jake. He's seen some defenses. He's seen some boys. So the fact that he's able to find success um, against SEC defenses, I, I like him. So he'll be my sleeper as well. Um, I, I know some of the issues that he has, of course, is injury prone and being a running back in the NFL you know, availability is the biggest thing we always talk about. It can't make the team in the cold tub. So him staying healthy, that's a thing. And then also protecting the football. Um, we talk about, Sean, you know, some of these folks uh, tank, you know, having two two fumbles a year. Um, it's tough. Playing running back, it's a tough life out there. So similar to receivers, you know, having drop balls, um, you know, you're going to have the running back who sometimes won't protect that football. And being in the SEC, you got some boys out there, Jake, who are gonna who are gonna force some turnover. So uh, that's a concern for him as well. So he'll have to work on that ball protection, get some extra curls in to hold that ball tight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's weird for me because Zach Evans, uh, who I have as uh, you know definitely a day two prospect, I think probably goes um, you know round three. But you know, agile ability to stop and start. I think the issue is he bounces too much to the outside. I don't think mm-hmm. he trusts his blockers enough um, or his vision. One or the one or the other. Um, but you know, to me, when I I look at him, I see a guy with long speed that's going to last in the NFL. Um, I see a guy who's a pure runner that eventually can start. Um, my biggest issue with him and I would say he's potentially the best pass protector we're going to talk about because neither of my three guys can really protect the <laughs> passer. Uh, but he's probably the best pass protector we're going to talk about. His vision's very inconsistent. Um, mm-hmm. and, and another thing with him is that while you mentioned his ball security, it's weird because he never had this issue. And then he, you know, he transfers to Ole Miss and now he fumbles three times. And I know there's a pressure, you know, Judkins, uh, who basically took over as a starter. I mean, he basically got benched, right? Um, you know, Judkins, who's probably going to be, you know, a stud, probably going to go in the top two rounds whenever he comes out, maybe even the first round. I understand, you know, there's been some pressure there. Has it all gone great for him? Um, he wasn't really utilized in the receiving game, though. So I think he can be utilized more as a receiver at the next level. Um, I think he's going to be a better pass protector. I think he was just kind of in a position where, you know, like I mentioned with Judkins, like you have that, you're not the guy, you were the guy, you're not the guy, all sorts of, you know, mixed signals going on there, but he's a little, he's pretty bursty, you know, um, overall again, third round pick, I would say, and uh, a future starter at the next level. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. So let's hear. I know we're coming up on time here. So I know you're running backs. That might be that might be it. But uh, yeah, curious to hear yours as well. 
Yeah. So, you know, I got uh, Keaton Mitchell out of East Carolina. I think when you, you look at Keaton Mitchell, first off running back East Carolina, you know, you immediately think of Chris Johnson, um, you know, because he was just a freak of nature, how fast he ran, but you know, incredibly explosive guy. Uh, This guy ran a a four, three Uh, Keaton Mitchell is so fast, but what is so fascinating? He's not big. He's like five, seven, a buck 79. Um, it doesn't matter. He doesn't fumble. You know, I don't have to worry about that. You know, everyone says, oh, the size. I don't really care. If the size isn't resulting in the fumbles, then I don't really care. And my next player, I'm going to bring it up too. He's a great route runner to the point where I would say he qualifies as a receiver at the next level. Like if he can't be a running back, if a team is worried about him uh, taking on those punishments, uh, then I think he can work as a receiver. He's not going to help you at all in pass pro because, like I said, in case you didn't hear me, he's five seven a buck seventy nine. But uh, you know he's got great ball security, like I mentioned. Bursty has that long speed where the the home run you can kick into a third gear. Man, that guy looks like he's running a four one uh, flat on tape sometimes. I mean, just when he gets ahead of steam, he's gone. Um, you know, he's got the agility to boot. He's got the awareness. I think he's a very good, uh, you know, as far as vision, I think he's fantastic. He's somebody that is going to be probably not your starter because he's five, seven, a buck 79, but he's that RB two. We, we talked about earlier. He's the RB two. That will be a household name. Like he's going to be like Tony. I'm not saying he is Tony Pollard. I'm not saying he's that type of style. That's not my comparison for him, but he's going to be like Tony Pollard in that he goes to the right scheme situation whatever he'll be that gadget guy he'll be what like remember dexter mccluckster uh mm-hmm. remember um you know Dre archer guys like that those those uh those hybrid wide receiver running backs they didn't end up being super big i think this guy can be really big i actually have a second round grade on him um and wow. i think he is a starting football player i don't think he's a starting running back but you can put him all over the field Keaton Mitchell, East Carolina. I think people are sleeping on him. I'm way higher on him than the consensus. He's a sleeper and he's not going in the second round. You could probably get him in the seventh. People are really sleeping on this guy. Okay. Big sleeper. Keaton Mitchell, write it down. Yeah. <clears throat> you mentioned excitement factor cutting on his tape, pure excitement. Um, one thing I, you mentioned it catching out of the backfield. This man can catch the ball in the backfield. And I think getting him in space, that's going to be the offensive coordinator's bread and butter. Hey, if Keaton's in the game, Get him in space so he can make moves. You mentioned a starting football player. Guys like Keaton, you can get him on special teams, returning punts, returning kicks. That's going to be bread and butter for guys like this. So when they're doing stuff like that on special teams, they can work their way up into that starting role. Like, hey, this guy is productive not only at the running back spot, but he can also do multiple things. So I can see him, like you said, that maybe that third down back, catching the ball out of the backfield, converting first downs, and also on special teams. Um, as a returner um, on, on both phases on kick return and, uh, and punt. Um, and another thing, too, he likes to find the edges. He finds open space. He's gone. Once he gets on that edge, if that receiver is blocked, he blocked, he is out of there. So um, I, I like him as well. He, I said he's shifty. That's something I got in my notes as well. He'll find the open lanes. He's not scared to, to run up in the middle. I know we talked about some of the other running backs who just who want to find the edge and don't really trust, you know, their, their blockers like that. But, <laughs> but he does. So. Um, it, it was cool to see see his tape and, and watch him go as a five nine guy. And Jake, I mean, I, I got I got him. Uh, he kind of reminds me uh, of one of the players that I've seen in the Super Bowl. Actually, um, 
He's a little bit shorter, but you talk about Boston Scott, you know, uh, a nifty, a shifty guy who can who can get to the edge. Boston Scott might be five five or five four, four five four, but Boston Scott um, is a baller. Like I said, he Boston Scott's on your punt return. He's on your kick return. He's doing all the dirty work, and then when he does get in that running back, he makes it happen. So I, I do like this uh, this pick here. Yeah. Well, first off, I'll, I'll say this right now. Um, Boston Scott is not a bad thing. You know, if he ends up being Boston Scott, if you draft in the second round, you want him to be a little bit better. Right. But if they, you know, you get him in the seventh round, he's Boston Scott. Well, you, my friend have found value because not, not every seventh rounder makes the roster. Is there guys like you that are going to knock him off the roster? That's true. (laughs) You know, Uh, think about that. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, My next name here is somebody I did my uh, one minute scouting report on. And Brees Hall retweeted it. It's uh, nice. Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. Kansas State. This guy is just fireworks, electric. As a Kansas fan, I should hate him. I don't. I love the guy. I think he yeah. is so much fun to watch. Um, and as somebody who's 5'8", even though he's three inches shorter than me, hard to believe anybody's shorter than me, but even <laughs> though he's three inches shorter than me, like I, I still I vibe with those short guys, but at the same time, this is like, we're talking about the same type, right? Guy that can play wide receiver in the NFL guy that can run the ball. Is he going to be a starting receiver at five, five? No, he's not our running back at five, five. No, he's not. Um, if he was three inches taller and a better pass protector, he would easily go in the second round, but I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know how teams are going to value him. What I do know is that there was a certain player that was five, seven that or five, six that came from this school, Kansas state and Darren Sproles, and he made a living as just a utility guy, right? And I think that is what you're getting with somebody like Deuce Vaughn, somebody like Keaton Mitchell. I mean, this is a league now. This is where these guys can actually succeed. Yeah. This is a league where you have the running back room is now a running back by committee approach. It's not just, you know, one guy. It's not a bell cow league anymore. It's a running back by committee league. And so I think he works out uh, in that regard, doesn't have the size, but he, he can get skinny. He can knife through the trenches, something that you just don't see his feet are so damn quick. Uh, you'll be there and then you'll be gone. He's way by you already. The guy has explosiveness. The guy has the long speed. He's a quick processor. When you see five, five guys that are that confident, I'm going to beat you running through the trenches Put me, put that guy on my team. That that's yeah. all I can say. Yep, and I, I know too. In your notes, you had him uh, compared to Tariq Cohen, right? So when you have a Tariq Cohen who is very dangerous, also in the special teams game, if you got guys like Tariq Cohen returning punts, that strikes fear in the punt team's heart. I played on punt teams. I have to, I've had to cover Tariq Cohen. It's like, oh snap, guys! Like Tariq Cohen's back there. So like we have to figure out how to net him and like not let him go any anywhere. Guys like Tyreek Hill, people with like dangerous speed and dangerous quickness they strike fear in the other team's hearts and so deuce fun he will be a fear striker for sure i i, I like deuce fun like you said he's five five i have in my notes stud this guy's a stud he can run be in between the tackles outside of the tackles no fear this is a guy with no fear deuce fun uh, i'm looking forward to seeing him in the, at the next level yeah, I am too. Uh, another guy I'm looking forward to seeing at the next level. We'll wrap it up here. Zazavian Valade out of Arizona State. I don't know what it is with these Arizona State guys. Uh, first, my guy, Kalen Bellage. I saw at the senior bowl. He had a great senior bowl. All anybody was talking about was Rashad Penny. Uh, then the next guy, Rashad White. I'm like, 
guys, we need to be talking about Rashad White. People are sleeping on these Arizona State running backs. I compared him to Rashad White. I think he's very similar. I think he can help you as a receiver. I think he can help you as a runner. He's got the lateral agility to turn the corner easy. He's got great long speed, good leg drive. He's not a power runner, but he's going to keep his legs churning for a guy that's a smaller back. He's not super small. Um, you know, I have him listed at six feet, 200 pounds, uh, but, you know, he's patient behind his blockers, uses some of that Le'Veon Bell patience that, you know, made him so fierce as a runner. Uh, tends to run into traffic a lot. I don't really love that. He, you know, shy away from contact when you're not the biggest guy in the world. Uh, I'm not saying he's the smallest, but, you know, and then the ball security is certainly an issue, but I think he's a receiving threat. I think he's explosive. And while he does run a little too high, there's just too many things I like about him. His good overall vision, spatial awareness, etc. cetera. Uh, this is the sleeper that might go undrafted that might, you know, just keep banging teams over the head. Uh, if it, you know, whoever gets him knows how to use him. Yeah. I, he's very smooth. I know we're wrapping up here pretty soon, but for him and my note is he's smooth. He has a different gear. He can change gears. Some folks can't change gears. He can change gears. He's a Xavier holiday. Looking forward to seeing him at the next level as well. Absolutely. So we'll we'll wrap this up here. We got to have our feature NFL player throw that in at the end. Luke Keekley, my Ooh. God, he is one of the greatest linebackers of all time. In case you don't know, he did uh, unfortunately retire early, but fortunately retire early because you you retired early and you're you're intact. You feel good. Yeah. You're lively. You know, yeah. uh, got you got to focus on that health aspect of it. But he's a future Hall of Fame linebacker, Luke Keekley, 2025 Pro Football Hall of Fame eligible, five time first team, seven time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's already part of the Hall of Fame 2010s team. Uh, he played eight seasons with the Carolina Panthers, was drafted number nine overall in 2012 and started 118 games, 18 interceptions, a touchdown, 66 pass breakups, seven forced fumbles, 12 and a half sacks and over a thousand tackles. This guy was an absolute baller and I miss him in this league. I do too. One of the smartest guys that I've played against and had the pleasure of learning from as well. Some folks come from the Panthers and they came to the Buccaneers and they say, hey, this guy, Luke, he knows all the secrets. He knows how to get to Tom Brady. He knows how to do things that other people don't do, coaches, etc. So Luke Keekley, what a guy. Happy birthday. Absolutely. So that's going to do it. This has been episode four of Off the Edge and uh, tune in next day and uh, we'll be talking about some more stuff, but you guys take care and we'll see you guys soon.